Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. Today we continue learning Perkiavot, Ethics of the Fathers, and we take the explanations from Rabbi Tversky from his, his beautiful book, Visions of the Fathers. And we are in, Mishnah, in, in chapter 6, Mishnah 7. We have, we have actually four more Mishnahs before we finish this, the, the study of the Perkiavot. So today, Mishnah, chapter 6, Mishnah 7 says, Great is the Torah, for it confers life upon its practitioners, both in this world and in the world to come. As it says, for they, the teachings of the Torah, are life to those who find them, and a healing to their entire flesh. This is from Proverbs. And it says, it shall be healing to your flesh and marrow to your bones. And it says, it is a tree of life to those who grasp it, and its, support, and its supporters are praiseworthy. And it says, they are tiara of grace for your head and a necklace for your neck. And it says, it will give to your head a tiara of grace, a crown of glory it will deliver to you. And it says, indeed through me the Torah your day shall be increased and years of life shall be added to you. And it says, lengthy days are at its right and at its left are wealth and honor. And it says, for lengthy days and years of life and peace shall they add to you. So, Rabbi Tversky, he explains in this book that the Mishnah cites seven verses in support of the statement that Torah confers life. And we know Torah as a tree of life. It's the tree of life. When Adam and Eve were in, uh, in, the, in Gan Eden, in paradise, before entering Eden, Hashem, there were two major trees there. There was the, the tree of life, which was this one, the tree of, 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 of Torah, of life. And there was the tree of knowledge. They couldn't eat from the tree of knowledge. That's why we're, we're, we are right now. But that's one of the trees that we had there. It was the tree of life. And so we see here that the term Torah's Haim, the tree of, of, of life, is, is the right term for, for Torah. It, this is what it means because it, that this term conveys the concept of the Mishnah what the Mishnah is saying is that the term Haim is not an adjective. It's not that it's, it's describing the Torah. It is a noun. It's a noun which is identical to Torah. So life and Torah are one. It doesn't mean that the Torah of life. This is the Torah of life. It means that life and Torah are one. It's, they're connected. So Torah Haim means Torah which is life. And so we see here, we pointed out that the human beings is a composite creature. We are made of different parts. We are not made of one thing. A human being has a soul, has a body, has a mind. We have an intellect, we have emotions, we have, we have a, a body, and he is comprised of, of essential, of all these essentials. The, the soul, the neshama, is what makes that a person different from all living creatures. The, the rest, it's, it's part of like being an animal. So when you don't live with your soul, you don't live with, with the Torah, then we are living a, an existence that is comparable to the one of an animal. It's an instinctive existence. So the human body has drives and cravings which are not different than those of other forms of life. He indeed has an intellect which is superior than, that, than animals. We have in, intellectual faculties. 
But if we utilize his intellectual faculties uh, merely as a gratifying tool for himself, then he's gonna be even less than an animal because Hashem gave him an intellect so he can be all over an animal. The intellect is in the head, it's over the heart, over the, the instincts, the emotions. So the intellect is supposed to, to reveal the godly spark that is within you. Even if you go to college and you learn a career, you're going to learn medicine or you're going to be a professor or you're going to be a, a lawyer. If, if you don't have the intention that this is for bringing a revelation of God into the world, you're just doing it for the pursuit of having an income in your pocket, of learning, of, of knowledge, then you're not living as a as a, as a human being. This is not what you're being. So it says here that man's qualitative distinction from other forms of life is his soul. When a person functions according to the needs of the neshama, he's functioning as a human being. If he neglects the needs of the neshama and is occupied with gratifying his physical drives, he is alive as an animal. And But his human component is dead. So all human beings have a neshama. The neshama of a Jew is fulfilled when he observes the Torah's 613 commandments, which are 248 positive and 365 negatives. The neshama of a non-Jew is fulfilled when he observes the seven Noahide laws. This is their seven mitzvot, and this is what they have to live with. This is how they should uh, live. If a, if a Jew or a non-Jew doesn't actualize their soul, doesn't use the, 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 the connection to God to actualize his soul in this world, then it, he's alive, but it's as if he's dead. So as a unique human being, he's considered dead, even though he breathes and metabolizes, even though he may compose great literally, literary works and operate highly sophisticated technological apparatus. You can see people who are very, very intelligent and they're doing incredible things, but if they don't have that connection to God, they're not living an altruistic life, then they, it's as if they were not alive. So the Torah states that man was created in the image of God and this refers to his neshama. This is when God says let us create man in my image. It's in the in the soul which comes from divine origin. It's a spark of God. It's spark of, of, of Hashem within ourselves and we're considered children of God and as such we have some resemblance to our, for, to our father. So Rabbi Tversky here tells a story of Rebetz in Fegi Tversky uh, that it's an anecdote and she says that before Passover the mother, mothers were taking their children to buy them clothes in, uh, for, the, for the holiday, for the Yom Tov. It's a mitzvah to dress the kids with new clothes. And so she was, the, the, these women were in, this, in the store buying their clothes to their children. And there was a boy that was looking through the window inside, looking how all these kids were getting new clothes. And there was a woman that came out from the store and she saw the expression of pain in this boy's face because she could see this boy was not going to get a new suit and a new pair of shoes for the holiday. So she took the child into the store and she bought him a new suit and a new pair of shoes. And the child looked at, at his benefactor and asked her, are you God? 
and so the woman was taken aback by the children, child's question she couldn't like what is the answer no I'm just one of Hashem's children and so the, the child nodded and said I knew you must be related so it's a like type of a joke but it's true when a person is doing kindness it's living his life according to the values of the Torah of Hashem's will and wisdom then we are resembling God in our life. So in the account of creation, man is given dominance over all living things. Indeed, the Talmud says that a beast could not overcome a human being unless the latter appeared to him as an animal. So it says in the Talmud that, in other words, that an animal will not attack a, per attack a person, another person, if he sees the godly aspect of that person. If that person lives in a godly way, the animal, you could be in front of a lion, the lion is not gonna eat you up. It's, a, it's more the story is written about uh, Daniel the prophet who survived uh, the lion's den, a famous story, and it was not a miracle that Hashem did for him, rather because Daniel's image of God, he was such a holy man that the, the animal had no dominion over him, could not come and, and attack him. So the soul of man is godly, it's a godly spark of God within ourselves, it's holy, it's godly, it's inside, and it makes it possible for man to identify, identify himself with God. Ramban states that while technical observant of the 613 mitzvot is mandatory to Jewish people, the identification with God does not occur as long as a man indulges himself, even if he's not in, in frank violation of, of, of Torah. God states, you shall be holy because I, your God, am holy. And man's holiness is dependent on his becoming spiritual and on fulfilling the needs of his soul. So this is what makes a person holy, is when he lives up to his identity, his true self, when he lives up to who he really is. When we do things that are antithetic to the soul, that go against the soul, then we're not living a true existence. And so it says here that the Mishnah also explains that the Torah provides life in the eternal world. It's not only for this world, it not only energizes us and gives us vitality and, and, and allows us to live in this world as we should live, not like we're, it's, we're not, we don't become an existence, but a living uh, entity. We don't, ex we don't just, uh, occupy space we are really living so it says that it is generally assumed that in Gan Eden there are no physical bodies so when we go from this world this body that we have is not coming with us it's gonna stay here the only thing that goes to the to the to the to the Olam Abba is really our Neshama only when Mashiach comes there's gonna be the resurrection of the dead we're gonna be back into our bodies but the body will be completely refined. It's gonna have a different uh, level. It's gonna be as when before the sin. So we see here that all Israel has a share in the world to come. As noted, every person is comprised of two portions of a body and a soul. Everyone therefore has a share of being a neshama, which will have an existence in the world to come. And most people equate life with a period of time when a person's mind 
and body are functioning, they think of death as a cessation of such functioning. The concept of human life as being the life of the spirit rather than that of the body may be difficult to grasp. So it's hard to understand that we really are a soul in a body. People think they're the body and they have a soul inside, but in reality we're a soul with a body. And, and the more we internalize this concept that we are spiritual entities in a physical world and we're not physical entities with a spiritual feeling, the more we're going to be able to connect to our true identity. And this is why this Mishnah cites repeated references from various portions of scripture to stress the concept of human life as being that of the Neshama and how we have to take care of the soul. To, to finish off, I remember a story I read many years ago of a man that had been an SS uh, soldier in, uh, in, the, in the concentration camps in the times of the Holocaust. And after the Holocaust passed, he felt very bad and he decided that he had to, to do tikkun, he had to correct himself. So what did he do? He went to Israel and uh, he went to work in a hospital to take care of disabled children. This is what he did. He went and took care of disabled children. And one day this boy was there, this boy that was completely in a vegetative state. And he saw that his mother would come every day to the hospital. She had to take a bus like for five hours to come to the hospital and visit her child. And she would wash his hands and she would recite Shema Israel for him and she would sing uh, beautiful songs from liturgy, Jewish liturgy. She would pray with him, she would tell him the parish of the week and she would spend with him like two or three hours. Then she would go on that bus again five hours back to her home and she would do the same the next day. And one day this man that was this nurse in this uh, special hospital, he said to the mother, you know, he really doesn't understand what you're doing. He, he's in a vegetative state. It takes you so long to come here. Maybe you, you could come two or three times a week it, it, and you put so much effort into him. And she says, I know he's in a vegetative state, but he has a soul and he has a neshama and the neshama knows and the neshama listens. And, uh, and it's true. It, the soul is there. It's a part of us and a person can be uh, in a vegetative state for years, but the soul is alive. It's there. So I want to wish you a blessed week. Remember to live a little, little higher, to use your faculties for what they're meant to be and to empower your soul. Bring it out, make it be felt. It's there, it's yours and it's a light. So remember, live a little higher. Thank you.